Hi, I'm Rebecca Brown, Chief Executive of the national charity ASB Help, and this is Community Trigger 101. It's your essential guide to the Community Trigger. Also known as the ASB Case Review, the Community Trigger is a statutory provision introduced in the Antisocial Behaviour, Crime and Policing Act 2014. It is the victim's right to demand a review of their case where further actions can be taken by agencies to resolve it. In this episode, I speak with Chief Inspector Mark McSweeney and Jessica Thomas, Antisocial Behaviour Coordinator for Dovid Powys Police. Both are at the sharp end of managing the community trigger process in their area and resolving entrenched cases of antisocial behaviour. Chief Inspector Mark McSweeney and Jessica Thomas, welcome to Community Trigger 101. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. In this episode, I'd like to discuss with you a live case and how you applied it to the Community Trigger process. Mark, can I start by asking you, why do you believe that the community trigger is an essential part of your antisocial behaviour management in Dovid Powys Police? Thanks, Rebecca. Um, well, ASB is a huge part of um, our demand within the police, which both of uh, our response and neighbourhood police officers attending on a regular basis. And what we find is that um, there is, there can be at times a disjointed approach where sometimes you get response officers attending uh, to an incident and then um, we get further calls and neighbourhood police officers um, attend. And the two um, sometimes miss each other. So it's a little bit of a, a case of left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. So it's the community trigger process for us it's really important that at some point, whichever officer attends, begins to focus on the victim and ask them, you know, how has their case to this point been managed? Are they aware if there's any multi-agency problem-solving groups going on? Has anyone mentioned problem-solving to you? And, you know, if they say, well, yes, this has been going on for a long time, then I think it's really important then that the police start to introduce the community trigger process to victims of ASB because it is an essential part of the toolkit to help us solve long-term problems. And, Mark, do you agree it's also important for police officers to know that they too can activate the community trigger with the consent of the victim? Yeah, hugely important. I mean, there's a lot of information out there at the moment. Um, yeah, on social media, there's different feeds, there's different websites, and people can quite easily become confused um, of, of what options are out there. So it's hugely important that the police, you know, the, on the front line are aware of the process, which we are, and that we can tell victims that we can activate it on their behalf. Yes, I agree, yeah. Jess, can you explain to us the process of activating the community trigger for Dovid Powys? Perhaps explain the process and how easy it is for both victims and practitioners to activate it. 
Yes, we've tried to make our process as flexible as possible and as easy accessible to victims and partners. Uh, there are a number of ways that uh, victims can apply. We've got our online reporting, um, which is an online application form which will come into our department. Um, they can email into our department requesting an application form. They can call our call centre on 101 and request an application form or they can report to our neighbourhood or response officers whilst out on patrol. Um, they've all been provided with um, guidance around um, activating a trigger and our partner agencies are regularly engaged with our neighbourhood policing teams and they would refer in directly through our neighbourhood policing teams or directly to myself. So just to confirm Jess, to activate the community trigger in your area, a victim must have suffered at least three incidents of antisocial behaviour in the preceding six months and have reported each incident within 30 days to either the police, council or registered provider of housing. Is that correct, Jess? Yeah, that's correct. And for best practice, we've also uh, introduced one incident of hate crime or hate incident into our policy as well. Um, And that would be a report to police. Mark, can you tell us about a real life case in your area where the community trigger was necessary and used effectively? Perhaps you could explain to us the dynamics of the case. Yeah, one does spring to mind. Um, 21 years in policing, I've seen many of these cases, and it starts as a classic um, sustained noise nuisance type call where two families living um, um, in a um, semi-detached um, where one um, family had become affected by sustained arguing, shouting, um, late-night parties, um, where the the victim in this case um, had children. Um, the comings and goings from the address and the noise frightened their children. Um, the victim got to a point, because it had been going on for so long, that she started to take medication for anxiety. Um, Additionally, her son had autism, um, and when he would wake, it was really hard to settle um, the little lad down. So in that case, um, the victims had noise apps installed on their phones, one for the local authority reporting into the environmental health team there, and also one uh, to a registered housing provider. And additionally, again, the victim had also started to call the police. So she was doing her best to tell three different agencies of the sustained problems um, to do with noise. Um, And at points as well, you know, there were concerns that there was possibly domestic abuse going on at the address because the perpetrator was arguing with um, their uh, grown-up children. Um, Sometimes the the cases um, uh, where police had attended, um, the the victim had told us that it it spilled out onto the street. So, and if I recall rightly, the victim actually made a comment to an officer saying that their right to enjoy um, a peaceful life had been totally disregarded. So when you start to get to that type of comment, you know that the victim is, is... you know, really start to feel the, the huge impact that that type of case um, can bring. Jess, in that case, who activated the community trigger? 
It was the victim herself. She has submitted an application into um, to our headquarters here. Um, it was quite um, a deep application in the fact of, as the chief inspector said, you know, the effects that it was having on her and her family, um, particularly her son, and how was it affecting her daily family life. So, Jess, perhaps you can explain to us the process once you had received the community trigger activation from this victim, what are the types of things that you put in motion? Okay, on receipt of an application, um, we uh, first of all assess the application to identify risk. We uh, review our systems to see if we have um, a record. Our ASB case management system is called Mavis. If we have uh, a Mavis in existence, there would already be a risk assessment as part of that system. Um, if there wasn't a current up-to-date risk assessment, we would be looked to carrying out one. Uh, we would review the application to see if it's met the threshold. We'd identify the stakeholders and notify the SPOCs in our partner agencies. Uh, we'd look at support referrals. Uh, then we'd look to identify an independent chair. Uh, wherever possible, we will um, obtain an independent chair just to show that we are open and transparent in our, in our actions and that we are doing everything for the, the best of the victim. Um, once we have decided that the threshold has been met, we'd look to convene a panel review. Uh, that's where all the partner agencies would come together. All the evidence would be presented to the partners around the table and everybody have an option to provide um, their opinion on what action could be taken next and then um, sometimes depending on the case we would also reset a review date then to review what actions have been taken from that case. So Mark let me be really clear about what the panel discussed at this community trigger review because I believe there's a lot of practitioners out there that don't necessarily understand all of the benefits to the community trigger process and my understanding in this case is that absolutely everything all the dynamics and idiosyncrasies of this case were hammered out by all the external stakeholders who were experts in their own field for example the vulnerabilities of both the victims and the perpetrators were addressed the impact of the perpetrator's behaviour on the community, the tenancy breaches that needed to be addressed by the landlord. And during this community trigger review, my understanding is that partners didn't just look at the tools and powers of the Antisocial Behaviour Crime and Policing Act, but also the powers under the Environmental Protection Act and potentially any criminal offences. Mark, do you agree that this is the correct forum to really get to grips with the case and find a resolution? Without a doubt, uh, and as you've said there, the the detail is in uh, you know is in the planning. I think it's really really important that every panel member has got an opportunity to independently review the evidence, and then going into that community trigger process that they've already identified those pertinent questions that they might need to ask during the review. You've got to remember that panel members are experts in their own field and a, you know, a collective review of the case in a welcoming environment enables a creative response which focuses on protecting the victims and let's not forget as well ensuring that the perpetrator also receives you know, help and support that they require perhaps to address their behaviour. So, yeah, it's definitely the right forum, definitely. 
Jess, in this case, an action plan was created and one of the actions was that the landlord obtained an interim injunction order against the perpetrator. Could you tell us how successful that action plan has been and whether the antisocial behaviour has now stopped? Yes, um, this uh, part one civil injunction was in, was obtained within a matter of uh, two weeks. Um, it was just before the Christmas period, um, so it gave uh, some respite to the the victim over the festive period as well. Um, but apart from the civil injunction, there was also a number of other actions to support the victim and the perpetrator. Uh, we ensured that the victim was provided with housing options should um, they they require to move away. From um, in the in the interim, um, we ensured that uh, the victim had our in-house service Galidi support. We ensured the perpetrator had um, drug and alcohol support. Um, social services were involved. There were arson reduction referrals. So there were another a number of other support uh, mechanisms put in place prior to the civil injunction. Um, to date, we um, haven't had any calls in relation to any further issues after that was issued to the perpetrator. So this is the perfect example of how the community trigger process can safeguard victims and communities because I've no doubt there were other victims in that case that didn't want to come forward and speak to authorities. But it's also given agencies the power to find a collective resolution. Now, Mark, one of the issues that we often encounter is where there's an absence of evidence or where an agency believes that a case should not be considered a community trigger because the behaviours reported are primarily criminal offences. Can you give us your opinion on whether that's correct? I think it varies from case to case, but generally um, all agencies, all partner agencies have got a role to play in tackling antisocial behaviour at some point, and I think I want to be really clear about that. Gone are the days when police can do it all alone, Rebecca. Um, I think ASB and crime are generally symbiotic. Uh, I always think of ASB um, like a slow dripping tap. Starts at a low level. Um, and then, you know, if it's not nipped in the bud, it very often begins to lead to low level crime and offending. You know, then we get into the, the, the stages where be behaviour starts to become more persistent and it starts to head... Um, towards causing um, a police term, harassment, alarm and distress. So what better to do uh, to, invoke, uh, to invoke a CT process to stop potential serious offending in the future? Um, I, you know, I can't reiterate how important it enough uh, it is to have a multi-agency approach. And Jess, have you attended community triggers where the community trigger has had to be focused on how to gather evidence, rather than dispute a victim's version of events, is this not also the perfect opportunity to collaborate with key stakeholders in the community to gather the evidence that either supports or does not support the victim's concerns about antisocial behaviour? Yeah, and this case is key um, element to that because... Um, 
Although partners were working together, once we came together as a panel review and collectively made uh, actions for independent agencies, bringing all that evidence and the actions together resulted in that successful civil injunction that included uh, joint visits to the victim and the perpetrator, supporting statements, the noise app. Um, had we not come together at that panel review, we could have been working in silo. Um, again, you know, if we have applications that come in to us um, and there appears there's not enough evidence, it doesn't mean that uh, we won't run a problem-solving group meeting. We have uh, multi-agency meetings set up around the force that run regularly. So even if it wasn't suitable for the threshold at the time, um, we could set an action plan for it to be later reviewed for a, a trigger later down the line. So that could include asking um, the victim to utilise the noise app or submit diaries to environmental health, um, how to um, support them in recording information accurately, what kind of information each agency would require, for example, the times, dates, locations, you know, number plates. So we could assist our um, victims in gathering that evidence and giving them some guidance around what we would require. Um, so although we do have a threshold, we do also have multi-agency meetings that run regularly throughout the year should a victim require any referrals into that as well. So, Mark, what I'm hearing from David Powis is that throughout the whole community trigger process, you have members of staff that engage in dialogue with victims, but also complement the work of external stakeholders, such as the registered provider of housing or the council or the environmental health team. What I'd like to know, Mark, is, is there really any other way now to deal with antisocial behaviour? No, um, that's a resounding no. Um, you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, neighbourhood police teams are very often um, best placed to deal with long-term problems. Um, and, you know, from past experience years ago, the danger of not having that ongoing dialogue with partners on a regular basis and building those working relationships is that cases fall through the gap um, and they become... Um, more persistent and sustained and then you know uh, there's well reported cases that they then lead to tragic consequences so in my opinion now uh, no there isn't any other way to deal with it and I'm, I'm really pleased that certainly our force and there are many other forces following us um, have embraced the community trigger process. Just a final question for both Mark and Jess. Mark in this case that we've discussed today what do you think could have happened if the community trigger process had not been used? That's a great question. Um, I think there would have been a huge risk of escalation. You know, who knows what could have happened, Rebecca? Uh, people deal with pressure in different ways, some logically with thought, uh, and then there are others who can simply let their emotions take over, which can sometimes have dire consequences where... The perpetrator then goes on to commit offences, you know, when, when they, they get to the end of the, of the tether. You know, if we hadn't intervened, no joined up multi-agency response, one agency takes the lead, we don't know what they're doing, you know, that can sometimes lead to more problems. Um, the obviously continued ongoing impact for the victims, which has a, not only an impact on them directly, but their wider family. 
and also then it can spread to the wider community you know you can get a loss of confidence in, in the police service where you know discussions are had the police haven't stepped in and you know look at what's happened um, and importantly let's not again forget the perpetrator some are, some are many many are vulnerable and they need help so the CT process can almost be a catalyst for them to get that help um, and also it's a huge impact on resources for all agencies involved you know up to 80% of police demand um, um, doesn't deal with crime so um, each time we're, we're, we're going back to an address time and time again someone else is out there is, is not getting access to our service so there's multiple um, problems. Jess I'd like to ask you why agencies around the country should not fear the community trigger process? The community trigger process isn't another complaints process. Um, it, it doesn't reflect badly on um, your force or agency and it should be seen as um, a problem-solving uh, attempt. Um, we do obviously have our MPTs that are dealing with the cases day in, day out and our practitioners and sometimes it just needs somebody that hasn't been dealing with that case day to day to have a fresh eyes approach and look at it in a different way and sometimes you can find that resolution that maybe that wouldn't have been picked up when you you have the same people dealing with the cases daily. Um, you know, it's about preventing repeat victimisation and escalation, and we all want to safeguard our community and prevent any victims um, feeling unsafe in their own home and not being able to live their lives as they should be. So, what I'm hearing for a successful community trigger process is dialogue with victims and perpetrators and consistency and a harm-centred approach to how you manage antisocial behaviour and issues around community trauma. Do you agree with that approach, Jess? Yes, 100%. It has to be harm-centred. We have to identify risk and provide support both to victim and perpetrator. Um, So, it's a benefit to all, to all agencies, to the victim and offender, because we are constantly looking at safeguarding people. And it's very sobering to think that in the case, say, of Gary Newlove, where antisocial behaviour escalated, that potentially, had the community trigger been available, he could have activated that and that could have changed the outcome of what happened. One last thought to both of you. Do you think that the community trigger could have changed the situation and prevented, potentially prevented, Gary Newlove's death? Yeah, I, I believe that if the agencies had come together, very much like with the Fiona Pilkington case, and all agencies had, uh, had reviewed that as a panel, and all the evidence presented individually to the partners had come together, then actions could have been taken to prevent that. Yeah, I agree with those comments. And, you know, for many years, ASB sometimes has been viewed as a trivial matter, Rebecca. But as I said earlier, you know, that slow dripping tap where pressure builds and then, you know, agencies don't step in. They miss opportunities, you know, to to take control and and help both victims and perpetrators. You know, when we miss those, those opportunities and we look back... Um, uh, and then these dire consequences uh, occur you know it's really sobering um, and it's not so it's not a place you want to be so you know 
the more people that get involved and become aware in the community trigger process, the better it is for, for our communities. Thank you, Mark and Jess, for providing a fascinating and intimate look at what the community trigger looks like in action. Thanks for listening. Please give Community Trigger 101 a following your podcast app and leave us a review or a rating. If you'd like to know more about the Community Trigger or how to take the ASB Help pledge, please visit us at asbhelp.co.uk. Thank you.